have liftoff. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back. This is the Saniac Podcast. We are your one-stop shop for all things MTV's The Challenge. We do live weekly recaps, interviews, and we produce a ton of challenge content like challenge news, sparkle quizzes, and a bunch of other goodies. Our written recaps from our girl Hannah of Hannah's Hit List will hopefully be returning soon. She's still recuperating her hand, but it is improving. So send her lots of love and well wishes. You can check out all of our content on saniacpodcast.com and buy all of our merch at saniacstore.com. Stay tuned for our new merch designs launching very soon. They are going to be sick, if I do say so myself. I am Shawnee Suisa, and this is my awesome co-host, Zach Calhoun. Hello. The NBA is back. It's basketball season, baby. It is. my. They were watching it, the Lakers. And I, yeah, I've got, I've got my, uh, my iPad on uh, right next to me. Got my hope- league pass up. Hopefully we uh, improve from where we started. Um, I know that we're super jacked up on tonight's episode. I know me and Zach were just messaging back and forth nonstop because it was so crazy. But before, we want to tell you guys a little bit about Stitcher Premium. You can listen to some of your favorite shows ad-free with Stitcher Premium for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 for the entire year. Plus, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and so much more. You can listen to shows like Fantasy Footballers ad-free and get bonus episodes of shows like dunk on basketball you can go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today and you can use the promo code saniac s-a-n-i-a-c for one month free off your monthly plan which is awesome so you get a month free and you can try it out and all of that good stuff i like stitcher i like their platform especially because it just crosses over from the desktop to the phone so easily so if you're working in it and stuff it's a lot easier uh, to use stitcher than other platforms so check that out again it's code saniac s-a-n-i-a-c for one month free and without further ado let's get started dude i i honestly i don't even know where to start i am exhausted i'm like mentally exhausted from the last 24 hours of cast news of that episode of just so much good for me like so much of 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 my like realm of this show like everything came up zach the last 24 hours it was incredible i feel like Um, that just keeps happening every single time i come back here i'm always thinking oh we got to get zach's take on this there's just so much like all the stuff that we've spoken about for the past two years or however long saniac has been going on is comes to fruition every single week now with war of the worlds too it's like just non-stop here's here's the theme that i think we need to get across tonight all right somebody in production's watching our show i that's what i was about to say that because the next week preview is also a physical challenge like come on This is just not not normal. Not only for this season, but for the upcoming season. And I I don't know where to start, honestly. I don't know if we start with cast news for the next season. Or I don't know if we start with this episode. So the episode was so good, but I say we just jump into some cast news and do it for a little bit. Before we get started, though, for anybody listening, it's a spoiler for cast of season 35. So if you don't like cast spoilers and things like that, then I'll write down where you can jump to for the recap uh, in the audio or if you're watching this video on the broadcast again. Uh, But for now, everybody who's tuning in right now definitely wants to hear about the cast 35 because there's one person in particular that is a Zach Calhoun special. I mean... Come on. Okay. This is this is what I'm saying. MTV, Buna Murray, more more so Buna Murray. We we say MTV is the blank of a Buna Murray. They handle these things. They handle the show. They handle the production of it. They handle the casting of it. Buna Murray has eyes on the community. Uh, this mm. this is a, a very large, outspoken 
online community for this show. There's a lot of podcasts. I think they're keeping an eye on it. And um, holy shit. So first and foremost, I was very outspoken. We both were in the last month or so about like, damn, I really wish Melissa Reeves was, was back on the show. Like, we, yeah. we wanted Queen Melissa. That's my girl. She was in one of my favorite eliminations ever. I think she is super entertaining. Um, and lo and behold, one of the first names that comes out for this new season, they send Melissa on. That my mom is, is filming great. me right now. My, you yes. guys, my mom, my mom is my, <laughs> my mom is right there filming me. <laughs> I'm cracking up. Uh, yeah, so Melissa Reeves it, is coming yeah. back. It, it honestly has been surprising that she wasn't back, even with her fight with Kayla. First of all, the fact that they got kicked out for that, I felt like they could have just let that slide. But then Absolutely. that casting didn't bring her back earlier is just weird. She was such a, a big part of that season's drama, entertainment, and also competitions you know the elimination with sylvia is to this day one of our favorites yeah and we haven't even really fully got to see what she's capable of because she got kicked out early and she got Mm. eliminated early mainly because she got in so many fights um so we're we're only scratching the surface with what she's capable of in terms of being an entertaining cast member who can also whoop some ass uh, which is really the fine balance that you need to see but Listen, that's small potatoes. Okay, cool. Melissa's coming back. That's what we wanted to see. For days now, days and days, I have checked Vevmo every day. I have looked at the pre-departure speculation. I was counting down until October 21st. Um, They had a lot of names listed and nothing really mind-blowing. And, you know, I was pretty down. I, I, I Listen, I can't blame them. Uh, I was just down on the casting. I'm like, what are they doing here? This is this is run of the mill. This is vanilla. This is everything that we expect. I was tweeting about it. I was like, damn, does everybody remember back on Invasion when fucking like CT, Shane, Darrell, Laurel, Marie, they all returned? That was legendary. Well, I was getting a little bored. I wanted some spice. I just wanted like a name to cling to. So I started looking through some of the cast members or the alumni social media profiles that I like. Uh, you guys know that I love Tori Hall. I've been outspoken about this. Um, we're Facebook friends. She friended me, okay? We, we've talked about this. I've discussed my thoughts on her as a competitor and an underrated one at that, and at the very least, a top 10 female of all time on the show, uh, indisputably. That's definitely so disputable. I was looking through her. No, it's indisputable. It's like without <laughs> so a doubt disputable. It's, it's, it's like you could definitely it's indisputable, guys. It's super disputable. So, <laughs> being that I follow Tori on three social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The trifecta, as the kids say, Twitter. Um, I took a look because she's pretty active, especially on Twitter. Her and Kendall are tweeting all the time. Kendall was making comments about, oh, I don't know where Tori went. She disappeared, which I didn't take anything out of because they troll on departure day every year. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it either. I was just thought it was joking. So when I saw that Tori had no activity, I was like, okay, th- this is probably her and Kendall trolling and, you know, Tori's ghosting so that we can at least get our hopes up. But just for the hell of it, I, I, I wanted to point out, like, guys, we do need some juice here. The only people that are being announced to be on the season are the people that we've all expected. Um, so I'm just going to throw it out there to everybody. The Tory Hall has been dormant. She has ghosted social media, going back to the same blackout period that everybody else who's on the show ghosted. 
I and this was this was before Vesmo reported it, before this anybody was, reported yeah, it. This was this was yesterday. Zach was on the cutting edge, you guys. On the cutting deal. edge, breaking stories. Now we're for someone of his age stories. to be on the cutting edge. I mean, yeah, that's how insane. about that? That's insane. So, it just so happens that I was working from home today. Anybody who follows me on Instagram at zcal77, you can see my Instagram story. I was working from home. I had some time on my hands. I go on Vevmo and I go on Twitter and people are freaking out. There had been a veteran return in those hours since I tweeted that tease. They were saying somebody might be coming back. Somebody might be coming back. And it's fucking Tori. It was Tori. She's on the cast. Our girl, she's now, back. Greg is saying he still has a hard time believing that Tori would be on the cast. There are some, there are people out there who believe that it's just speculation. I mean, how certain are we? Listen, Pink Rose reported it. Gamer reported it. Confirmed. Ooh, like her ooh. name is on the lock thread. Confirmed. Yeah. The other thing that's working in her favor is that apparently the, this was going to be War of the Worlds three, and they dropped it. They, they dropped the format. So we don't know what the format's going to be. And she's there. I wonder why they dropped the format. I, I, I mean, this stuff happens all the time. And it kind of seems, so we're going to go over the cast, but you can see there's a lot of rookies, a lot of CBS rookies. There's not a lot of Brits. Mm. So I think they decided to go in a different direction. And because of that, spots open up, Brits get dropped, people get dropped. And right now this cast is, it's pretty much my dream cast. It's everything I've been saying. Oh, nice dream cast. Shout out to Sega Dreamcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> We've got no Kara, no Polly. Yeah, no by the Cam, way, you guys, for all of you no guys who Ninja are clueless, Natty. I mean, this is crazy. That's crazy. Wait, no Cam or Ninja? No Ninja Natalie. She's off. Everything wow. we've been saying, wow. these people are off the cast. They are not going to be on next season, barring any future changes. Now, there's all kinds of things that people have been saying. Kara and Cam all tried to hold them up for more money and say, you know, here's our value. And MTV essentially balked. And that is incredible. That's incredible to me. If Cara was like, well, you know, I'm the face of your show, pay me X amount. And they're like, no, we're going to go get somebody else who's won just as many as you. Boom. Tori Hall comes in. So my thing with the whole Cara is, is that th there was also some drama from Twitter that was going down um, was that people were saying Polly was banned from the show because bananas got him banned and so-and-so. And then Polly's reactions were like, people are joking about mental health and getting people banned. It's so stupid. Like, like all this stuff. And they were all blaming it on bananas. And then other people came out saying, obviously that can't happen. Like cast members have very little say when it comes to the production of a TV show, even producers have very little say when it comes to the production. It's, it's the top level executives, the showrunners, the people who are actually in charge. And a lot of them don't do the day to day. Um, or some of them do, but, but a lot of times they're the ones making these decisions that some of the production staff doesn't even want to happen. So for it to be like insinuated that bananas has all of this power. Something else had to have happened for that to be true for him to have actually gotten banned. But then my point with this is that what does Polly being banned have to do with Cara not being on the show? Did she say no yeah, simply well, because her boyfriend isn't going to be on or was she just not called? That's where the real question is. Cause if she said no, just because Polly's not going to be on, that's crazy. Yeah. People seem to be thinking that Polly got dropped. So Cara dropped. Like that's that, insane that, that, that to me. That seems to be thinking. Yeah. Of course it's insane. Um, but at the same time, maybe like as the, as the poly stuff is getting more and more wacky. Yeah. Maybe, maybe MTV and BMP, they just, they have like a more tepid interest, you know, do they really need them or can they do the same numbers or better without them? I guess we're going to find out. Um, 
I, I, I wonder just, if the fake listen. up social experiment had anything to do with it. Because if I was looking at that from a PR perspective, I would think these people are, are just not necessarily benefiting the brand. I mean, I, I don't know. That's, that's the way I would see it. They have absolutely clowned themselves um, recently on, on social media. And honestly, I've seen the threads and people are trying to post Paulie's screenshot saying, oh, you know, Johnny got me kicked off the cast. If you believe that, you're a fucking mark. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to call you. Like, you're just a sucker. If, if you see that and you take that at face value and you start spreading that around on Facebook and Twitter, you're a sucker. And we'll leave it at that. I don't need to dignify that with any further response. You know, the right people aren't on. A lot of great additions are there. Uh, for those of you who I will do a quick in, rundown of it. Yeah, okay, fine. Let's do a quick so rundown he, of it. So here's who we have locked in. I'll, I'll list the names. I can give us the BB perspective because yeah. there's quite a few. Yes, we're definitely going to need that. I am not a BB watcher. So first of all, we have Anissa for the females, confirmed. Anissa's there. Um, she has not been on since Dirty 30. She's um, going for the check at this point. For a star series. She doesn't, she doesn't, yes. she's not going um, for the win. I, it's for the check. And, and honestly, that's where my disappointment came in because until Tori got announced, Anissa was like the big vet return. It was like, oh, Anissa hasn't been on since Dirty 30, so she's coming back. Mm. Um, Ashley Mitchell, we will have a lot to say about her tonight. We will. She, um, she made some waves tonight. <laughs> I liked her tonight. <laughs> okay, from Big Brother 20, Bailey Dayton. Yeah, so Bailey and Swaggy kind of go hand in hand because they're a couple. Um, and they're engaged, I guess, if the engagement still lasted. I'm not really sure. And they are a very controversial Big Brother couple. They were really fucking annoying to watch all season. They got into a lot of drama. Bailey got into one of the most epic fights where she literally was screaming so intensely that she bit the inside of her mouth and started bleeding because she was yelling so much. So that, I mean, and, and this was like just madness. Um, and a lot of stuff has come out after the fact as well, after the season that's controversial about Bailey and Swaggy, you know, some scam uh, scandals that were going around about some party that he hosted and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So they're, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do on the challenge. Am I excited to see them? I'm not sure to be honest, cause I didn't love them on big brother, but I'm always willing to give somebody else a different chance, a different show format. Maybe they'll thrive in this one versus the other, but I don't know. I think a lot of Big Brother fans are disappointed that those two were the ones selected. See, this that's on point analysis. That's what we need right there. Um, Dee Nguyen, uh, this is her her uh, third season in a row um, now. I like that's, her. I mean, she's carving out her spot. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got Jenna Campano returning. Real World Explosion. Jenna's back. She she was on World of Worlds 1. She missed this season. She's coming back. Also from this season, uh, we've got Jenny coming back, the fitness chick. Yeah, great. Great. And she seems like she... Like, she's got a reputation. People are talking like she might be a beast, but, she, you know, we haven't really gotten to see her do anything yet. There hasn't uh, been enough physical... Yeah. So, so. There hasn't been enough yeah. physical stuff yet. Uh, another big return. First time we've seen her since the fight with Melissa on Final Reckoning. Kayla. Kayla's coming back. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Kayla's return. I like her. I, I don't know that she does amazing on the seasons, but I do think she's older now, a bit wiser. Her biggest flaws to me were never really physical it was mostly mental I felt like she couldn't she got into her head too much during some of the competitions and and just wasn't able to focus on what needed to be done so hopefully you know she comes in with a clearer mind and she kills it 
Yeah, we did a pretty solid interview with her during last season. And what she told us was her biggest Achilles heel is just drinking too much on the show and getting into drunk fights. So uh, (laughs) she seems to claim that that's something she's going to try and avoid this time around per our interview with her. Yeah. This is a random one. Uh, Making a, a show that will be making its debut on the challenge, The Amazing Race. Yeah, uh, I Kayla saw that. Fitzgerald from The Amazing Race 30. And apparently she was the first person eliminated on her season of Amazing Race. So she's kind of got those Shailene vibes going on. I was about um, to say Shailene. That is so, yeah. that's crazy. I don't really watch Amazing Race. However, uh, you know, I am I am a professional. I'm a challenge podcasting professional. So I might just have to put my CBS All Access account to use and pull up the first episode of season 30 of The Amazing Race and watch her just to, you know, familiarize myself. Yeah, I like Amazing Race. I think some seasons are better than others. I love the concept, but I find it harder to binge watch than other shows. I don't think, but it it, it is a great show though. I do, I do like it a lot. There's so many more Amazing Race contestants that could have come on that made much bigger splashes, but you know, we'll see. Maybe she got eliminated first, but production saw huge potential in her. And so, you know, they from CBS to Viacom's ears passed her along and now she's on the challenge. So we'll give her a shot. We'll see what she does. And yeah, I mean, hopefully she's just not like a bust, a Shailene bust. Cause Shailene was out for a reason first. She, she might just have a, a, a good agent. Who knows? Yeah, um, she, yeah. She might share Shailene's agent. From big brother season 20, uh, someone that you've met and took a picture with, Casey. Yeah, I love Casey. I think she's re- she was a great game player. I don't know how entertaining she's going to be because she's not really about the drama. But I could see Bailey and Swaggy and her beefing because they were on opposite ends of the Big Brother house when they were playing. So if they get into something, I could see that being fascinating. But she's really low-key. She's really chill. And as a competitor, she will be a beast. I could see her being similar to maybe a Jenny character where she's more about the competition like i could see that more so but we'll see all right i'm I'm excited you're selling me here i'm interested that that would be interesting if if the big brother 20 people split and and didn't align people don't give her enough credit for her Um, season but um but i think she played a great game and she deserved to win her or tyler deserved to win for sure i just don't think people gave her as much credit for making it to the final two as they did him which was like the final two in that season the, by the way, the other people on that season who should be on would be Tyler and Angela. Like I said, I trust you for the BB analysis. That's that's you are my go-to here. Um, making the comeback, Maddie. Maddie's coming back. Maddie, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm iffy about Maddie. I'm not sure. I'm the same. I'm the same way. People hyped her way too much. She did mm-hmm. not accomplish nearly as much on her rookie season to justify the hype. She's just tall. She's just bigger than the other girls i think she did good i just don't i I just don't know i haven't gotten enough of a vibe um but we'll see you know i think it it depends on the cast i don't know if she was put with the best people on her season to be able to shine we'll have to see yeah um we've already discussed melissa melissa coming back from x on the beach uk nani coming back for her third season in a row Mm mm-hmm uh, looks like she might be a goner in this season that we're watching now. Those are the vibes that I'm getting. Um, I'm getting similar vibes. She has to be up on the totem. She has to be up next for elimination at some point. Next on the confirmed list, some people are saying that she might be one of the two favorites among the females. Uh, maybe she was until today's casting news, but 
Tory Deal. Tory Deal is somehow, some way, finding a way to redeem herself in my eyes. I had written her off. I had written her off in her appearances. I was not a fan. And here she is on this season. She's trying her damnedest to impress me. And um, she's doing a great job. I, I, I am slowly relenting. I'm slowly backing off my Tory stance. However, I was justified at first. I was justified on Dirty 30 to not jump on the Tory bandwagon like everyone else. I just want to say, now she's proving herself to me. That's the process. She never started the bandwagon, but so many people jumped on it really early. So then the second that she did anything that was slightly imperfect people jumped down her throat like oh everybody loves her what's the reason da, da, da. and so it wasn't her doing by any means but she got this meteoric rise and then everybody started getting super super mad you know because she yeah. she was so hyped up but she never actually hyped herself up that's the difference to i think some of the other people you know her fan base was pretty organically grown and now she's come back in a lot better shape and she's killing it and we're seeing these hints all over as well of people saying that she's really good in the house. We saw that tonight with the whole D heat stroke thing, people saying that she can't keep up, you know, people saying that they can't keep up with Tori and all of that. So we're definitely getting more glimpses into just how good she is. And hopefully she finishes off this season strong. You know, I know that they're outnumbered, but I could see her beating quite a few people in elimination. Hey, I, uh, I can't disagree with you. Um, Tori had some of my favorite moments from tonight's episode and we will talk about it. Uh, also confirmed, and the soon-to-be three-time challenge champion, Tori Hall Fiorenza, road rules. Does she still go revenge. by Tori Hall Fiorenza, or is it just Tori Hall now? I just want to make sure that all her names are out there, okay? I just want to make sure that it comes off as formal as possible, because that's what she deserves. This is a true queen. She is a two-time champion. She is a road rules alumni, alumnus, one of those. Yeah, what is um, the word for that? I keep... I keep fucking it up. Is it alum? So it's 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 a singular. It's, I think it's, it's just a, alum. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Road Rules uh, alum. She is a Road Rules alum. Um, so we have Road Rules representation on this season, which instantly warms my heart. We have someone. This is fascinating because if you look at the backlash online today, like I was looking at Vevmo. Honestly, I was perturbed by some of the comments section on Vevmo and the people writing Tori off and calling her old old yeah i know what is How, wrong with you people what, what was the age difference between her and nani she's like a year younger or something tori is yeah. two years older than nani tori's yeah, 32 crazy. going on 33 she is one year younger than cara maria yeah like come on people she's that's younger just so than ridiculous cara. tori hasn't been on the show in nine years and she's younger than cara maria that's <laughs> fascinating we we have to mention this comment right now from Eric. So he goes, I've always just listened to this podcast. So this is my first time watching video. Honestly, I thought the Zach lighting comments were a joke. Now I know he's legit in night mode. <laughs> Thank you very much, Eric. Welcome to the live videos. <laughs> Honestly, he is in night mode. Doesn't he look like you dress up for your rap yeah. videos to challenge orgs, but you won't dress up for your podcast. Guys, it takes, um, it usually takes me like a year to upgrade my shit. It took me, so I started off with a good microphone. It took me a year to get headphones and now it's going to take me a year to get a ring light. Yeah, that, that's where we're going. So by 35, the my progress. setup's going to be legit. 35? I thought 45, no? Oh, you're talking about my age. I'm talking about season 35. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, let, let's put a poll up. Guess my age. Um, 
We can't put yeah. a multiple choice question poll up. Here's all right, everybody hint. in the I'm, comment I'm, section, guess Zach's age. Here's a hint. All right. He I, was about I, I thirty away, for the actually. first season of Real World. Okay. No, no, no. The the hint is actually that I'm younger than Kara uh, and Tori. That's the <laughs> that's the real hint. Oh yeah. Um, and then the last name confirmed for the women. Loving this, we both said we wanted her back. MTV listened to us. Big T. Big yeah. T's coming back. Yeah. Oh my God. She I'm excited for it. Big T. I think Sean should have also come back. It would have been cool to see their relationship because they're such good friends. Absolutely. We needed Sean back. He's not on the list. We needed Sean back because he dropped one of my favorite lines of the season when he got eliminated and he went, smash it, Big T, smash it. Yeah. We they need were, more of that. They were cute together. I would, I would love to see them play together and be in an alliance. Moving on to the men, and I'll, I'll try and blaze through this for everyone. Uh, Swaggy C from Big Brother 20. <laughs> Making his return, Corey. Somebody alert Zach Cooper. I'm sure he knows. Come on. He, Zach Cooper's on the Corey inner circle. Corey's, Corey's been, back. Corey's been threatening to sue people online for defaming him, but it's not even defamation if it's true, so... Yeah, Corey, Corey getting exposed for sliding into DMs, apparently. Corey, man, you get in the same old trouble over and over. If Corey hooks up with someone on the show while he's got another baby coming with a different baby mama, I don't that think would be he, incredible. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think he would do it. I don't know. But that sounds crazy. Maybe not on camera. Maybe he's learning his lesson. I don't know. CT. CT's coming back again for like the 10th season in a row. Um, At this point, it's his livelihood. He's just making money for his kid. He's like trying to retire. You could just tell. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much to say about that. Uh, Fessy from Big Brother 20. What do you know about this guy? Yeah, so I've got a few comments on Fessy. He was possibly one of the stupidest big brother players to ever enter the game but not because i think he's like this massive idiot which i don't think he's super smart either but i don't think he's as stupid as he was in the big brother house he went in there very naive he went in there i mean completely ignorant to the game how it's played maneuvering the game he really had no idea it seemed like he had never watched an episode before if i'm not mistaken he was trying to get onto survivor and then ended up onto big brother so he was one of those people that wasn't really fighting to get onto big brother so he didn't really know what was going on and yeah. i mean he just made some of the worst moves i've ever seen and he also dragged down one of the players that i really liked which was Haley, because he they were a showman's and i think they're still together and he his gameplay really affected you know her game as well which was sad and you know he was just so clueless so i think because the challenge is slightly less political and he's a lovable guy, so he'll get along with people in that way. I do think because it's so focused on challenges, he'll do a lot better. He wasn't a comp beast by any means in Big Brother. I think he fucked up a lot. But his athleticism, to me, uh, would fit more of the challenge. Either that or he'll be popcorn muscles and you know we'll find out that he's a flop. So it's, yeah. it's either going to be one of those two things. Well, speaking of Survivor, this is big. We've got the first official Survivor crossover into the challenge from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. We've got Jay. Now, this is my side of the reality competition coin. This is something yes. I can shed some light Take it on. Away. Jay, I am very interested to see on the show. I did not watch X on the Beach 2. Um, I wasn't that into it, so I didn't really see him on there. So I can't comment on that. Um, but on Survivor, he is a more strategic player. And, and he ended up on the wrong side of the numbers. He didn't even dominate the game. He was in the minority alliance, but he, he would, I believe he was the last one from his alliance in the game. Mm. Uh, so he made it deep. He made it uh, pretty far into the merge. He won a couple 
comps. I think he won at least one individual immunity. But in terms of strategy, he did um, he did put together one of the biggest blind sides, like one of the most Ooh. popular blind sides uh, of the show um, with with Michaela. Um, which pe- people still talk about it because they love Michaela and they say that he pretty much lost the game by doing that, but he executed it and he owned it. He was like the ant. If you watch that tribal council, he was like the anti Cara and Polly. She turned around. And she's like, did you do this? And he goes, yeah, I did it. And he's like <laughs> right in her face. It's, it's fantastic. We, we need more uh... of that. So I think he is a threat. I think he's a threat. And into- I want to see how survivor strategy comes into the show. Cause I, I do operate under the belief that survivor players, they're just they're just generally smarter than the people that are on this show. Um, mm. So I think we're going to see some of that. And also, he's like a skiing snowboard instructor. Anything balance related, I think he will crush at. Oh, that's a good skill set to have. Yes. I don't watch Survivor very much. I've seen a few you know episodes. Maybe I watched a season when I was younger. But I will agree that the skill set required to be in Survivor and the intelligence required to just to thrive on survivor is is a lot different than the challenge so i'm excited to see how that crosses over and especially with the other cbs people like is he going to align with fellow big brother cbs members is he going to you know try and align with other humans so we'll see it's very interesting uh i i I do wonder if that has something to do with the theme the fact that we have so many cbs rookies Mm. on this season i had a feeling Um, and and cbs shows in general because there's other bb players on here uh so we've got johnny bananas not much to say there obviously johnny's coming um i'm kind of excited about him this season i will say i I am yeah i want to see johnny back because i'm not fed up with johnny i'm fed up with other people and now they ain't on the damn show uh (laughs) jordan who i i i could not love this man any more than i do he so is fantastic. We have to quickly cut in because I know Travis wants to go to sleep, but he wants to hear our take really quickly on this question that he had. And he said, what do you guys think about Jordan always picking fights with women? Cara, Ashley, Jemmy, Naya, Jessica, Latoya, etc." And to that, I will say that Jordan has also picked fights with plenty of guys. And tonight is no different. I mean, he was in a full on heat with turbo and we have no idea how the fight even ends so uh, i do think he's definitely gotten into a lot of fights with the guys um you know here's the common thread the common thread with jordan is he picks fights with people that he deems to be fake he called Kara fake tonight and i you you know the the wendy williams gif where she's like dying in her chair that was me when he called Kara fake it was fantastic but uh naya on his real world season Kara. Johnny during free agents. A lot of the early ones, though, to me is that, you know, Jordan is obviously a person who's comfortable with confrontation. So I can really relate to him in that way. And when you're younger and you're comfortable with confrontation, a lot of times your immaturity will come out and you'll just you'll be down to fight about anything because for you, an argument isn't really an issue. And so for me, a lot of those early ones that he um, exhibited, like with Naya and and those kind of fights were just a, a I mean, it was a matter of his age, you know, that showed that showed his youth in those times. And I do think his fights now are a lot different. Um, I will say this. It bothered me. This is something that has always bothered me that Jordan was like thrown into a fight tonight with, with turbo. And just from, from my eyes, I mean, forgive me if there's a different edit, but like he was clearly standing his ground. He was clearly standing there, like saying shit to turbo's face, saying mm. a, a pretty good summary of what he said. And then you've got Ashley with those, those stereotypical like sniping confessionals afterwards like oh you're scared now you're backing off now like 
I don't think he was. He didn't he look wasn't. like he was backing off. Neither I, I of them like were that. backing off. The the thing is, you can't get mad at someone or call somebody uh, weak in the challenge house for not physically fighting someone because this isn't the streets. This is yeah. the challenge where a million dollars is on the line. And to be a better player, you have to be someone who can contain your emotions. You know, just as Devin was trying to provoke bananas, <clears throat> Jordan um, can very well be trying to provoke Turbo. We Ashley have no idea. and Kara and, and all of them and the things that they... They said during this fight in their confessionals is the classic reality television tactic of them trying to control the narrative after it happens. And really it's up to editing to decide what way they're going to edit it and who they're going to show to be better or worse. Um, I didn't mind actually though this episode. I thought she, I, th so, yeah. I thought she gave us some good, some good drama. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't mind her that much. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all over the place with her. I, I, I can't quite like, I'm, I'm my foundation with Ashley's kind of rocked because it's, it's disgusting to me to see her working with Kara, but at the same time, um, you know, she was creating good drama, which I, I can't criticize. Um, uh, we've got Josh coming back. I've got, uh, I've got a, I'm a Josh fan. Um, at this point, uh, he is a sheep. He's not backing down. Mm -hmm. um he spoke a lot of facts tonight i didn't he's not scared I didn't see josh saying anything tonight i didn't see josh saying anything tonight that was not factual and 100%. we'll get into that uh kyle is coming back another person who in his last episode last week showed out immensely i loved him he was likable um i'm happy to see kyle coming back this is not a great cast guys. yeah i'm i'm actually really impressed with the cast who do we have left is that it we've got nelson coming back Mm. Yes, Angela posted about that. So Nelson's going to come back too with Corey. That could be, you know, something that's interesting that's going on there. I don't know if they still like hate bananas in the same way, but it'll be fun to see it play out. Let's see. Beyond that, uh, we've got Bear. Love him. Love my guy Bear. We've got Rogan. Unproven. Rogan is still yet to really prove himself. Um, and then rounding it out, we've got Mr. Weston Bergman doing his third season in a row. And Wes at this point, Almost like an afterthought, Wes is. Well, I don't know if, like, I don't know what Wes is trying to do in the games. I'm not sure who he's going to align this season, but he has a lot of people that he can team up with that are rookies. So, you know, he might use his same old tactic and gather the BB people because there's quite a few individuals there that are strong, and that could be, you know, a team Wes. Who knows? Now that that that, that makes sense, and well, that pretty much rounds it out, guys. Um, for the cast for season 35, I'm, I'm sure it seems like there's a few more names that are going to get added um, on each side. So uh, yeah, overall, once we have, once we have the official, official cast list, then we'll release an article and we'll do some introductions. I know we also have an article coming from Christian, one of our original writers. Uh, so he'll be releasing uh, you know, a cast on uh, a cast article on who he's excited about and all of that. So stay tuned for those and we'll give you guys the finalized list once we know it. But yeah, overall, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great season and I can't wait for S35 to start. I hope there's not too much of an off season because I'm pumped. I'm really, I'm really pumped. And then going into this episode after I was already so pumped and seeing what happened tonight, like this was flames. This episode yeah. was on fire. It really was, you guys. So let's get right into the episode. We're going to start this off. We have Team UK's meeting. And here's where we see Theo and Georgia trying to, you know, play the diplomatic game saying, let's just vote based on performance now. You know, it's too late in the game. We can't keep voting on friends. We have to fight for our team to actually win one of these things. And 
you know, I hear everybody's perspective on this. I don't know if they would have been saying the exact same thing if it was down to, you know, all of them versus a few of the other side, if they were, you know, winning throughout the season when it came to numbers. Um, but, I, you know, I hear what they're trying to say and the fact that they just need to tr try to win because at this point they're losing so much that they're not having any amount of power in the game to really make any sort of move. So they do need to focus on that for sure. And, you know, I understand also Kaylee's perspective where it's like, everybody has a side, everyone's working with someone. So let's just cut the bullshit. Um, but you know, I, there's definitely still some fat that had to be trimmed on that team. And I think they did that tonight by getting out Idris. So it seems like it sort of was a team decision that they really did kind of come together, that this talk may have worked, but you know, we'll never know. I will say that uh, Theo being so diplomatic in this scene, I was so proud of him for being able to do that. And I just wish that he had done that earlier because then we would have been able to, uh, you know, then we would have been able to, to see maybe him and bear last longer and him and his side last longer. Maybe Kyle would still be in. So we don't know, but they need to sort of take that. Uh, they need to take that advice and, and what they're doing right now, this gameplay of diplomacy, diplomacy with them uh to the next season i think that's the only way that they can thrive theo was firing on all cylinders tonight and after the episode was over i i was loving theo so much that i got kind of sad because then i remember what has happened to him recently and you know the nature of, of his injury mm -hmm. and you know the next time we see theo if we do see him on the show he, he's going to be a different guy it's a shame I know. I hope that he can recover with his eye. I'm not sure how he's going to be able to compete with that, but I mean, we can only hope, you know, we can only hope. So we wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully that will, you know, go better for him soon. Greg is saying something that's, you know, very on point. Theo goes into elimination confidently and wins something that too many other cast fail to do. And that's very true. A lot of people go in there with a whole bunch of confidence and can't pull it out. So Theo is someone who can follow through I don't know if he's the best yet, you know, when it comes to eliminations, I don't think that we can rate him as highly as maybe a Jordan or someone along those lines, but I do think he's just the tier below that, you know, uh, I think he could beat almost anybody out there in the male, um, in, in any of the males in the challenge right now, apart from maybe a few, he's that good. Well, yeah. And, and we've been saying that too, like we, we need people who are going in proving themselves and, and and not coasting along it's been a couple seasons since we've had an elimination warrior like this who's gone mm. in to uh you know three eliminations and just really brought it uh so i'm i'm digging that uh, yeah and hard eliminations not like cam going into a few and they're all rigged oh man great i think greg's throwing some some tory shade in the comments too I, you know i can't stand for that um, okay let's move on in the episode guys because here we have the wrestling matches i'm sure you have some takes on this we jump into wrestling, which reminds me so much of my time in Poland, Israel in high school. We used to set up wrestling patches like we would just move mats together and just start wrestling in all the hostels that we went to. Uh, so this was very reminiscent of that for me. We started off with Tori versus Kara and you really got to see how Tori's body has improved. I mean, she's pure muscle like she is lean muscle mass right there. It's crazy. Uh, somebody please get me a, a, a gif, a gif, however you want to say it, of the Tori Kara yes. wrestling match because Kara, as the kids online like to say, she got flung. She could not get one over on Tori. Tori rocked her. Mm -hmm. um, and every time Kara tried to roll it in her favor, Tori ended up on top of her. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was incredible. It, 
on a much smaller scale reminded me of the legendary Jersey Shore fight between Sammy and JWoww when oh you know, JWoww was walking around like like the big bad chick in the house yeah. for so long and then Sammy like whooped her ass. That and, was crazy. And, that and you was waited for it for so long. You were like, oh my God, I, I want Sammy to punch JWoww. Like I want her to give it back to JWoww. And Kara is kind of like JWoww in that sense. And in a little small way, we got to see Tori throw it down. And I really like that. We also had some other wrestling matches in there. You know, Jordan was getting in there. He was getting he was getting people riled up a bit. Kara had some things to say about him. But we'll talk more about that later in the episode because the fight continues. Uh, and then we get Cam and Leroy. I don't know about you guys, but I, I like them together. What does everybody in the audience think? I would love to hear what the Saniacs have to say about Cam and Leroy. Are you team? What do they call themselves? Keyroy? Lamb? Are they Cam-roy. Lamb or Keyroy? Are they Camroy? Okay. Camroy is better than all the ones I just came I, up with. I, I think it's Camroy. Camroy is much better than <laughs> what I just thought of. Are, are you guys team Camroy or not? Put that in the comment section. I'm curious what everybody has to How say about How about Cam outing Leroy as, as a one-minute man? 10 Sandy seconds only go for 10 seconds i they oh. they should have uh they should have cut one minute man by missy elliott into that like once she said that they oh, should have gone they should have gone into that that's a jam so ct has a good moment right here where he just comes in like we were saying before how ct is matured he's so much smarter now he has his head on his shoulders and he's just this rational old man at this point and he walks into this room while they're you know doing their passive aggressive trying to say things but not really saying things thing and ct just like listen she wanted this you wanted that that's what happened here's how it went down let's just cut the bullshit you both need to talk blah 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 here you go and to me that is the perfect scene to describe ct and how he is now versus how he was before because he you could just tell he's so over the 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 passivity you know he's over people like saying things but meaning something else and and all the games and the this and he's just like get you know be done with it kids be done with it and just move on and i loved that scene and you could see kaylee being like whoa ct knows what's up yeah she was very impressed by his analysis of their relationship so irving says cam is a strong ass woman and keeps looking like a clown going back to him every time i mean i don't know i mean we don't even know what happened I don't even really know what the whole story is because we only got that small glimpse from the reunion and it's just so minor. We didn't really hear much of a story. Yeah, and CT's account of their relationship is a lot different from what I had heard from Leroy and even Cam to that extent where it, it uh, or and I guess the way it was edited on, edited on War of the Worlds 1, it made it seem like Leroy was the one who got dicked over in that. But CT talked about it as if Leroy you know, kept putting up the wall on Cam. Um, yeah so not too well we'll really see how sure that plays out we know one. that they were slightly together after the season but um i don't know if they were like super super together so if they're official or not we'll find that out soon and we'll keep you guys posted um then we move into d getting heat stroke my god this episode was jam-packed with content there were so many things that happened it was there crazy was so much that happened here's the first thing that immediately came to my mind when it came to D having heat stroke. I got flashbacks of my uh, one of my favorite moments from Inferno, where Leah had a panic attack because she didn't want to bungee jump, and then she like didn't she end up in the hospital? And she was with Darrell, and Darrell got to, I, I believe got to visit Leah in the hospital, and 
Um, I was kind of thinking that same thing tonight, watching D getting heat stroke and then having to go away. And I was watching Rogan and I was like, damn, why don't we get Rogan? Um, like why, why don't we get Rogan getting to go to the hospital and pull the Durrell when he came in and he made Leah feel better after everything that happened. That is kind of where I was with that. Um, so, so this, for me, when I look at how people view others in the house, that's, that tells something to me. You know, if somebody is highly regarded in the challenge house as like a very good competitor or somebody who um, is hard to keep up with, et cetera, that says a lot to me about them. And that's exactly what we're seeing now with Tori so often is we're getting these glimpses of what the cast really think of her. And I mean, they all seem to think that she's like this insane beast. She works out like a maniac. Georgia even mentioned that she's a runner and she can't even keep up with Tori. So that's a big deal. Uh, you know, for Tori to be one of the fastest ha- girls in the house who can actually handle this kind of, you know, the temperatures, the humidity that they're in. I mean, you know, that's that's a huge that's a huge factor for a final and for someone that you want on your team. So once again, we're seeing Tori shine through and I love it. Getting, getting our girls some recognition, the better Tori. Yeah, uh, not the better Tori, but yeah, that, that's a good way to kind of see through, see past the edit, see past what's being presented to you, is, is to read in between those little, those little clues that you're getting from other people. Okay, so let's move on. Daily Challenge Under Siege. This was a great Daily Challenge. I thought it was like part physical, but part mental. I didn't like how they ended it with the sudden death round but i do think that the challenge itself was actually really cool um so there's this giant container like one of those shipping containers that you see in every drug movie um and they're all inside eat either all the males or all the women because it's played in two heats and they have puzzles puzzle walls kind of on either end one of you know they're velcro-y type material it seems like they're just something hard that you have to stick on um and then there's a bunch of giant tetris looking honeycomb type puzzle pieces in the middle of the container and so both teams start on either end of the container and they're locked inside and they have to run to the middle grab their pieces and go to the other side where their puzzle wall is to be able to start building it but the catch is that the container gets lifted from side to side at a ridiculous angle. So you have a, a couple minutes, maybe a couple seconds. I don't know how long it was. It looked like maybe it was 30 seconds to a minute that they could actually solve the puzzle. And then they were lifted up and had to slide back down. It could have been longer. We don't really know. Um, but it was a very difficult challenge. And I wish they had had the sudden death round that they did. I wish it was just the same rules that they didn't put the three pieces on the board. So We'll run you through what happened. The first heat was the guys. And this is where we see, you know, the initial reaction of the challenge. The guys were very loud throughout the whole thing. They were going ape shit because it was intense for the guys. And I mean, imagine you have like 300 pounds running right at you of both puzzle piece and male body. And it's just slight. I mean, you that's crazy. Jordan put it put it best that this was one of the most dangerous uh, challenges that they've had. And it seems like the safety measures that we've been talking about nonstop went out the window for this. I uh, yeah, absolutely. I when I first saw it and, and when I first saw the previews of what they were doing, I instantly loved this. I thought it was going to be uh, just a really cool daily and it looked just it looked sick. Um, and I have a couple good things about it, a couple bad things. First and foremost, this seemed to be the spiritual successor to the plane crash mission from last season. You remember where they were in yeah. that mock plane 
uh, that was going all over the place, and they had to essentially solve like a three by three slider and then get out of there. And it ended up being an incredible visual that they spent so much money on, but a very weak competition and poorly thought out. Mm. This one, it was the same kind of apparatus, the same concept, uh, but just a lot more chaos. Um, and it was better overall. It was much better than that. And it was also much cheaper than that, I must imagine, because all they had to do was get like a shipping yard container rather than a fucking airplane. Um, so yeah, any drug dealer it, could get you a shipping yard container. Yeah, right. And then so the 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 chaos inside the pod I, I loved it. It made for mm. great TV. They had an awesome, like, awesome filming rig set up in there. However, the rules were just off. It, it could have used some, some tweaks. So I liked, the, mm. I liked the puzzle that they had to solve. I, I, I liked the degree of difficulty for it. But I also think that they probably had to piece some stuff together in post-production because the rules just didn't make sense. Because are, like, if the, based on what was presented to us, if, the, if one of the guys had solved the puzzle in Heat 1, then it would have just been over. Is that what we're led to believe? So the girls never would have had to gone. No, I, just, I think I they still would that. have had because then they would have had a chance to get one point from the girls. So it would have been a tied game and then a sudden death again. So they would have had to either win both of them. Okay, yeah, I, or, I see where or you're, win the final. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that. I do overall. I do agree with you though on the rules, like inside of the container. I think that there should have been more something more thought out in terms of the design in yeah, the actual container. Yeah, something wasn't quite clear. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to pick up on who gets to go when. It seemed like maybe they both go at the same time and then it tilts to either side. I, I was trying to figure that part of it out. Uh, it could have been explained a little bit better. They could have tweaked some of the rules, but overall I enjoyed it and it was better than the plane mission on War of the Worlds 1. Yeah, that's for sure. So, you know, the guys, obviously, they they were really aggressive about the whole thing and we got um, the start, maybe, I guess, of Turbo's insanity from the episode. And he starts going off on Joss at one point because Joss has like a yoga ball to his face. And I thought Leroy put it best in his confessional when he goes, a yoga ball to the face isn't that bad. And, you know, I mean, it, it really isn't. So for him to get that worked up about a yoga ball to his face in a challenge like that, where everyone's literally slipping and sliding into themselves, you know, I, I mean, it's inevitable in that moment. So you can't really get upset about that kind of stuff. Uh, Rebecca is asking if the floor was slippery and yeah, it seemed like it was very slippery when they first Definitely. walked in, they, they mentioned how slippery the floor was. So, you know, the slippery floor, the ridiculous slope of the container that's being, you know, it's being tilted to uh, all of those things compiled into a crazy mess. It looked like they all just like, if you had, you know, those, um, um what are those things? Those rainmakers, you know, those shakers. So if you have like a bunch of marbles, let's yes. say on one side and you just like tilt them all to the other and then back and forth, that's what it seemed like they were doing with the challengers, just tossing them around yeah. in this thing. It felt like a, like some sort of production sadistic type thing. I also think it's, it's uh safety wise. The floor probably had to be slick so that they could ensure that nobody could like climb up Trip. on the high side and like stay there oh. because then they would have just done a straight drop and gotten like completely fucked up. Uh, so they, they had to ensure that, that as soon as it was tilting, yeah, people, people were sliding. That's I an interesting that, yeah, safety perspective. Um, so, you know, yeah. the guys have a lot of craziness. They end up timing out. Rogan, you know, said a really good point, which too many chefs spoil the broth. And there was just simply too many people in there trying to solve it at once. Uh, the UK side didn't seem like they 
we're that far off. So I'm, I'm not really sure. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Who is saying that right now? Greg, Greg dropped that same thing in the comments. He goes, seemed to me that UK men basically had it solved right as the horn was sounding. I didn't even realize that the boys timed out until TJ mentioned it for the girls. Um, because I thought that UK had solved it because it seemed like they had just gotten it or they had solved the most of it when time was done. So they would have won that round, something along those lines. But that wasn't the case. Yeah, that that's where my issue came in is that there was just no point awarded for round one. Like they, they didn't mm. have any way to judge that. It, that that was weird to me. It should have been most puzzle pieces in, in place got, got the round. Yeah, most correct puzzle pieces. Yeah. yeah. So then we have the second heat from the girls, and this was a much nicer heat. You know, the guys were slamming into each other, but the girls were a lot more polite about it all. They were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Watch out. Excuse me. Because I can imagine how scary it is. Like, people are sliding right into your face. That's intense. That's that's intense. Uh, I, I would probably be like, excuse me, pardon me, coming through. It's a scary one. But they, again, also timed out. They didn't do very well. The best advice I heard during the whole challenge was in the container when all the British girls just decided to let go and let Jenny figure it out. They're like, let Jenny do it. Let Jenny do it, which is what a lot of them should do when it comes to these puzzles. And, yeah. you know, it's a big team challenge. You need you need one vision. It's so hard to lay it all out and have so many people trying to get their hands in there, especially if they're not good at puzzles. So to just allow someone to take the reins on that would have been the smarter play. Um. Greg, challenge refs sucking more than normal this season. If only we actually had a ref. Marie tweeted it today. We said it a couple weeks ago. There needs to be, like, TJ is TJ. He's the host, but there needs to be a ref character. There, there needs to be, like, a permanent, this is the head referee that we look to in dailies and elimination deal. Yeah. Like, you can you can make a whole character out of it. You could have Mark Long. Mark Long could be, like, Ooh, the referee. That's a good, like that. that Mark would make for a great referee. He's such a good personality for that kind of a job. Somebody so, who, who is the final judgment on all these things. Yeah. So then we have the sudden death and it's the boys round, which I was a bit disappointed about because I just didn't like how sudden death was what decided it. It seemed weird. And on top of that, for this round, because they weren't able to solve it in the last round, they started with three puzzle pieces already on the board. And these pieces were fairly big and the puzzle was fairly big. It wasn't like there was that many pieces, you know, they were chunky. So three pieces essentially solves 50% of the puzzle, maybe 40 something percent. Uh, so it's a bit ridiculous for them to start with three, basically at the finish line. And I don't like how this was set up. I don't know how many times it tilted back and forth, but it seemed like because it tilted towards the U S side first, and they were able to then finish the puzzle at the bottom while they were there. They got the advantage because UK could not play while they were at the, you know, at the bottom when their wall is all the way at the top. So I was disappointed by that. They had to run across to get to their puzzle board in order to finish it. They were just seconds away and it was a very trivial way to end the challenge. They could have finished it off a lot better design wise. Game design-wise, they needed to finish it. Yep. I, I, I agree with you totally on that. Okay. So um, U.S. wins, obviously, and Josh is the speaker. I thought that was a great choice from Team USA, but I wish Josh picked people that were more on his side. So he picks Leroy and Ninja, and I think he should have picked Tori or Jordan or somebody that's a guaranteed vote for him, Nani, someone who who really he 100% knows has his back, and instead picking Leroy, who was on the fence for so long, I don't think that was a good call. Yeah, he just he avoided making like a straight up power play. Yeah, 
And he, he really should have there. So then we have Cam and Leroy hooking up, whatever. It's cute, all that jazz. And then we get into the tribunal and nominations. Now, this was a very docile. I forgot he used the word docile in the episode, but it was quite the docile tribunal. Uh, Idris seemed like he was burning up inside, but it was a pretty simple vote. Because at this point, they can't reasonably justify sending in Theo over someone like Idris when Team USA could very well put in Theo against someone like Joss or Rogan and they would risk losing one of their better players for someone like Idris. So, you know, it, it was the same case as what happened with Esther really is that Team UK was just sort of fed up. They were like, you know what, at this point, you just have to go. And Idris being so shocked that he was being voted in was one of the most surprising things for me because I don't understand what he thought in his in his like view of of his challenge experience, did he think that he was not going to be voted in at any point? Like, did he not think that his time was up? Because <laughs> it seems to me his time was up a long time ago. He has just been so bad. Like when 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 CT during the daily was saying, I, I think Idris just disappeared, and then they cut to the shot of him kind of walking aimlessly in the middle. He's been horrible. <laughs> that um, was it's, great. It's really editing. funny. <laughs> that was yeah. great, and it, it's. It's just um, the editing was on point tonight. I, I must say it, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty awesome. Joy just said that she's bored. Now, Joy, are you bored and that's why you're here, or are you bored of what we are saying? Huh? Uh huh? That's a good question. That yeah, is quite the question. Take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure, but welcome, Joy. Either way. Uh, okay, so in the tribunal, obviously they all vote Idris, and finally, for fuck's sake, CT votes. He raises his yeah, hand. Yeah, CT raises his hand. Unbelievable. When it's he knows that there will be miracle. zero consequences to it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good job, CT, raising your hand. Uh, oh, bored. That's why she's here. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, jo Joy. Joy, she loves us. She she wouldn't come at us like that. She wouldn't come at our throats like that. Uh, I mean, she might come at you. You're a bit boring sometimes. Okay, so then I've we met had... her in person. They, they they told me I was boring. People told me I was boring in person. Did they? Yeah. Were you, were you boring in person? Yeah. You could see that. I mean, I, I, I guess I was uh, somewhat standoffish, but uh, I, I assure you, usually I'm not. Usually this is, is what you're getting in person. Uh, in the moment, I guess I just happen to be standoffish. It's hard for a celeb like you to go out there and mingle with the peasants so often, you know? Yeah, really. That's yeah. that's the thing. Like, I didn't want to draw yeah. too much attention to myself because then people would know me from the show and, and from, you know, yeah. all, all my, my, my social media presence. It's just so hard when you're an influencer that way. You know, you can't go out into the public world. Speaking of this joke right now, by the way, there's a great video on YouTube that anybody who's a Big Brother fan has to watch. Uh, Kirsty, is it Kirsty or Christy? I always forget what her fucking name is. Kirsty and... Um, Oh, uh, Tommy. Can't believe I just forgot that. That's how irrelevant their season was. But they put out a fantastic video on YouTube called uh, The Life of the The Life of the Rich and Extremely Famous. And it is so funny. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. So you guys have to watch that. Go check it out. It's on Tommy's YouTube channel. Okay, back into this shit. So Idris obviously asked for Theo. He thinks that he could beat him, but obviously that's not gonna happen. And then you get the fight between Theo and Polly. Now, my screen froze at this point. Did they kiss or did they not kiss? I didn't see them kiss, but they got so close. And Scott Yeager has a screenshot of them where it does look like they're kissing. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I do want to give a quick shout out to Georgia. She had a fantastic confessional about Idris where she was like, 
saying that, that Idris is gonna is gonna drown someone in the pool and and yell at them about saying that he can't swim. Oh, yeah, with it, the it was really funny with the graphic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yes, was with the great. graphic on it. Another editing win there. That was great. Uh, and as for the fight, um, the way I wrote it down was Theo speaking facts on Polly. I mean, look, he was clearly trying to get him going and he was being, he was, you know, he was being a dick about it, which is, which is great, which I certainly love to see. And Polly got fired up and, you know, Theo, he wasn't necessarily telling lies, especially when he dropped Kyle's name. Theo's like the type of person where he'll, he'll try and troll you and get under your skin, but he only does it because you know, he's going to get a reaction and he's only looking for a reaction to people. So if you're just like, whatever, he's not going to keep coming at you. You know what I mean? Nothing he says is really that horrific either. It's just, I mean, it's all, it's all kind of fair play. I think the way Theo jokes is very in that, in that, that narrow bridge of trolling well, but not being horrible. Um, there was some funny lines from Theo that we have to, that we have to release, which was, let me have some of those brave pills. That was so fucking funny when Polly was like coming at him. That was awesome. This is the thing we keep saying about reality television though. The people that make the best characters are the people that are for the most part being a version of themselves. Maybe they're turning it up a little bit, you know, maybe they're embellishing somewhat, but Theo he just seems like last season when he was with Kara and he was, you know, just ride with the Alliance, his personality didn't shine as much. Now you see him when he's against the numbers and he's kind of being a dick. He's kind of being a shit stirrer, but he's doing it with so much charm. And you're seeing this version of him that is not only likable, but also hateable. It's perfect. Mm. It's the perfect reality television personality. I loved him in this episode. I thought the way that he went about starting the drama was great. And just seeing Paulie try, man, Paulie just tries to stand up to everyone. He's got such like little guy syndrome. It's crazy. And, and Theo is double his size. I don't know if it's always little guy though. I think sometimes it's just a matter of he wants the screen time. He sees an opportunity for a major fight and he's like, let's blow this up. Let's see if we can get this shit trending kind of a vibe. I mean, for fuck's sake, they did a fake yeah. up for a social experiment. That's always clearly what's on his mind. You know, the public. The public reception yes. of his shit. So I, I do. And that's why th- yeah. he'll never. That's why he'll never reach the level that he wants to reach because all of his stuff on the show is manufactured. Mm. Truly, like it's it's he's he is intentionally doing that. He is the guy who's bringing the camera with him so that they can watch him, you know, create his storyline or whatever. He's not someone like uh, a bear or a Theo who they kind of. They're just that person, really. They're just funny. They're 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 funny. That's what it is. They're they're actually, the difference is that they're actually funny. And so they don't have to put on like a big thing for, for airtime and stuff like that. You know, they, they don't need to do the fights for that kind of shit. Theo had some savage moments on love Island. This is a hundred percent his personality. He dropped some of the best one liners that literally were memes for love Island for all the seasons afterward. They were fantastic. And he also wasn't scared to say shit on that show. Like his first date is really cringe. When he first walks in, you could see he was uncomfortable with cameras, obviously in his face. But from that point on, he, he loosened up and his, his lines were brutal and he absolutely kills it. So this is a hundred percent the Theo, you know, the real Theo. I don't know if it was because he was with the Alliance last season that we didn't get to see this, or it was just because there was so much going on that there wasn't enough 
like his jokes and stuff were a little bit more subtle and less aggressive. And so they, they didn't warrant, you know, the editing space. We also have an hour and a half now of episodes so we can see so much more of this drama. If it was just an hour, I don't know if we would have seen all of these fights. Like how, how relevant is this fight compared to, you know, the Josh and Polly fight? Like which fights would have been cut out? For sure some of these. Um, so we're, we're in the time now where we have an hour and a half and we got to see a lot of this stuff. But I don't know. I, I think Polly just at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is this season off for Polly, I think will be great. Uh, yes, it's much needed. And the, the thing that I keep finding myself running into is that the people who are going at Kara and Polly and their alliance, they're, they're getting these visceral reactions online. Like people are, people are talking shit on Jordan. They're talking shit on Theo, anybody who crosses them. But the people that are crossing them, they're, they're not telling lies. They're not mm. lying about the things they're saying. When they're saying this person, you know, they're controlling the game. They're making you do this. Uh, you know, you did this. They're not telling lies, yet the people they're saying it to are getting offended by it, which is so fake to me. And that's that's yeah. all I keep saying is why not own it? Why not own what you're doing? When somebody says, uh, we'll talk about it during the, during the tribunal, but, you know, when, I, when, no, when somebody I hear says, you. I you're hear you being on a this. sheep, to, yeah, you're so being much... a sheep to what this person wants. This is also why how do they you deny it. It's also kind of the um, like what we're talking about here is actually a concept that if you apply it to things like bullying can stop bullying. Right. Because if you're somebody who's being yeah. bullied and you're actually you know, if you gain that that internal confidence within you. So if somebody says shit to you, it just doesn't matter. Then they're not going to bully you anymore. They're not going to care. What's it going to do? So this same sort of stuff that we're talking about now is like responsibility right what does that word actually mean it's the ability to respond to something you got to choose your response to these kind of things and so to have responsibility in your own self and your confidence and your character and who you are blah 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 it gives you that you will have that power to then say i don't have to like freak out about this i don't have to um be mad when someone points out something that i actually did because you feel confident in yourself and what you do that's why we say it time and time again like jordan doesn't mind being called out because jordan is self-aware and he doesn't mind some of the flaws that he has you know, he maybe sees them differently or maybe yep. he knows that they're there and he's like, OK, like I'll work on that kind of a thing. Have we heard him say that much? Not so much. But, you know, he is that sort of type of guy. And so it's different. Polly, you say one thing to him and he freaks out. Same with Cara. Same with all of them. They're just so they're so like they're so worked up all the time. I mean, Kyle yeah. and Bananas said it the best on their podcast when they spoke about how sensitive everybody else is in the house. And if you're surrounded by that many people that are that sensitive, that's just like so annoying. At one point, you are going to want to troll them. And you have to have that internal strength to be able to like get over that shit and not go crazy in these environments. And I don't know. I don't think a lot of them do. So super pleased with Theo standing his ground and saying this shit. There was a really funny line. Uh, this exchange between them where Polly was like, I'll take your girl and fuck her too. After he said that he took Kara yep. from Kyle, but it's, it's like, how are you going to say that in front of your girlfriend when you guys have had so many cheating scandals? That's just crazy. Not and then doing yourself favors with that, Polly. He tried to play it off like, let's have a threesome with her, babe. You know what I mean? But that obviously wasn't going to... It's just so weird. Yeah. The way that they did that was not good. At, at this point in the episode, it looked like Theo was a runaway pick for the MVP of the episode. Um, but before things were said and done, Jordan would, uh, Jordan would leave his mark. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get there, of course. 
After this fight, though, I do want to give a shout-out to Zach. Uh, Zach was able to get in a nice moment in this episode where everybody's trying to deliberate who they're going to throw in against Idris. As if it was even a deliberation, it was very clear where the majority alliance was going versus what other people thought would be the, the smart idea because they knew that Theo was going to wreck Idris. They knew that Idris was an anchor, and they wanted to f- try and figure out, okay, who could Idris actually beat? Maybe he could beat Joss or Rogan as opposed to Theo, who will just dominate him in anything, which which they knew to be the case, but they weren't willing to make that choice. Mm. Um, and then Zach cuts in on the confessional and just slams Idris because the, the Alliance is sitting there trying to hype Idris up like, oh, he could be a threat against anyone. He could win. He could mm. absolutely beat Theo. And Zach's like, this guy sucks. He's horrible at everything. He can't swim. He can't do any of these things. I was dying when Zach did that. Props to you, my friend. Zach has a really good uh, grasp on reality. When he's in his confessionals, I find what he says best represents what it, it comes off as to the viewers. You know, I find he isn't too caught up in like his own little space. I really like that about Zach. Uh, Charlene is asking... If I'm going somewhere after, and I just want to say that I really am not going anywhere, I literally sat down, then put Blue Eyeliner on my eyes, and I was like, oh my god, this is cool, and then I put it onto my eyebrows, and I was like, whoa, okay, and then I put it onto my lips, and I was like, I guess it's a blue day, so, you know, Halloween's coming up, I have to get ready mentally. Yeah, that that is uh, very in the spirit. Yeah. Um, speaking of Zach's, you know, game, and the way he plays... Uh, Zach and Leroy, they both play very similarly in that they float in the middle. Um, but I just want to point out how much better Zach is at it than Leroy because Leroy gets clowned all the time, all the time. He gets clowned. He's the guy at the end who is getting his head chopped off. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who gets stabbed in the back by Kara so that she can take her new boyfriend, Polly, to the finals with her. That must and have been yet so Leroy turns around and still works with her after that. Like that, that just shows you how little you're valued. And then you're still going to turn around and do the same thing. Zach clearly doesn't want to work with, with, uh, with Kara and Polly. Uh, but he also realizes that Jordan's more of a target than he is. So he's like hiding behind that. Um, and he's doing it very adeptly. And he really doesn't get clowned that often. Like, he plays yeah. a very strong social game. I know what you mean in that way. You know, Zach's game is just one up on, or a few up on Leroy, but it, it is very similar. I love the way that Zach is playing this season because he, he's just teetering the line. And the fact that he's still getting any sort of screen time when he has been involved in zero drama, zero fights, uh, almost zero dis- we're, we've seen him in so few actual conversations but because his confessionals are so great we are always seeing him on our screen and that says something about a person that they can get screen time regardless of the drama that they're involved in in the house you know that that to me is that's a big compliment yep. for him i was um i was bashing zach at his casting at the start of the season like i thought that his spot could go somewhere else uh, yeah, I, you were. i'm eating my words i'm eating crow i'm really happy that he's on this season he's not going to be on next season it doesn't look like so that's fine all right he's going to get his break this time i'm happy he's Mm. on this season and i'll be happy to see him back because he's entertaining and he plays the game well yeah i'm i'm with that okay so let's go into the proving ground uh here we get ninja and leroy and they end up voting for theo and then josh votes for joss 
I mean, I don't know that one person or the other is better for Team USA at this point. I do hear Josh's point about how they're all sort of playing Polly's game. And, you know, it is it is them making the decisions, sure. But who is it really benefiting? You know, all of these people, the big picture that they're all missing right now that I think Team USA needs to get their heads together on is the fact that they're not going to be playing all together in a final. There's no way that they're going to have a final where they're running this many individuals. I don't know what the format is going to be or if it's going to split into individuals at some point, but there's just simply no way that the challenge is going to allow this many people over this many people in a final at this stage in the series. And so for them to not ever think about that, like, who am I going to compete with at the end? They're not thinking long-term whatsoever. They're solely focused on this number game, but you have to think like, who's going to be my team for this final? Who's going to be with me running it at the end? And who am I going to have to split money with too? And they all seem to be so focused on like these sides, which seem irrelevant at this point because the num- like the numbers don't even matter. They have the numbers. I don't know why they're still so focused on it, especially when it comes to Team UK. It seems weird. If you could have a chance to get out Joss, I would have gone with him. It's yeah, it's just a cop out. I mean, we we we've seen that. It's a classic cop out. It's like saying to someone, "Oh, it's too early to make a big move." Shit like that. It's just a cop out to to protect your yourself and and whatever. Yeah, I'm just over it. And I'm over it. You want to know why? You want to know what the worst part is, though, Zach? I'll say this is the fact that I feel like even if they are making moves, I do think Cam and Ashley are thinking for themselves in a way for sure. But people like Ninja, she seems to be so naive about the game. And for her to be making these moves, it's I don't know. It's just like she she looks like a puppet. And that's just not cool. And if it is for her game, then she needs yeah. to be she needs to be arguing her point more. It's just weird. I don't I don't appreciate it. And I don't respect it either whatsoever. This is not, you know, Polly is always going to have cars back. You need to have your own number one. You need to think out, you need to look out for yourself. It's just not, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you totally there. I also agree that you're right. The difference between Joss and Theo is negligible. I mean, due to all Theo's wins, um, elimination wins and coming off a second place last season, you, you could... I would say you have to put him a little bit above Joss. I also think he's smarter than Joss, puzzle-wise. Um, so he's yeah. slightly above, but they're both very strong. So the difference between them was negligible. It was all numbers-based. However, Josh, he was speaking facts. Mm-hmm. First, he called Ninja a sheep. That's the absolute truth because Ninja hasn't yes. made a move for herself ever. Uh, and then he said that Polly is making all these decisions, which is also true. And once again, this is my issue. Why is Polly getting offended when he says that? Why is Polly going, what are you talking about, man? You're, you're a little bitch, Josh. And then Jordan, being the alpha that he is, leans over in Polly's ear and he goes, he's not lying though, right? Yeah, he's like, is and he Pauly lying goes, though? Is no, no, lying? of course not. Oh, yeah, you're, 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 you're a little bitch, Josh. So I, I just, I don't get that game. I don't understand it. Josh stood his ground. Everything he said was factually correct, albeit the the difference between the two people they were thinking about throwing in was negligible. Yeah, I really like Josh this season. We're getting to see a great side of him. This side that, you know, even if he's not this beast competitor, mentally he's with it. And the fact that he was running and working out with Tori, to me, is very promising. Because if he's keeping up with her, then that says something. When Dee is going into heat, heat stroke, she was working out with Josh and Tori. And they were both doing burpees right after like a 10 lap run or whatever it was. And so for him to keep up with her in that way, that says that he has endurance, that he, he definitely has something there. But he's not this big meathead. And so for him to be 
standing his ground this firmly, it shows something. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. A lot of people really judge him from his BB appearance, and I don't think it's fair. Hands down, the best part of that whole argument, I laughed so hard when Josh and Paulie are arguing, and then Theo standing down on the proving ground after he got called in goes, you tell him, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so funny. He was like, tell him, Josh, tell him. Killing me. Oh, my God. Honestly, Um, it was so funny. But also, overall... Um, I, I do want to speak on Leroy's decision a little bit. Leroy's decision to vote with the numbers, it just shows to me why he will never win. It's just the typical Leroy thing. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make someone upset tonight. You're just doing the same thing but, you always do yeah, but I don't know with if the it's... people that you know aren't going to take you. They're never going to take him, ever. But I don't, but Cam might. Cam might, because right now Cam is not, you know, you have these couples going on. And so if he can get in with her, I just Cam don't... Is Cam is third, possibly fourth in command of the alliance. Hey, I'm fifth in command. <laughs> that was one oh, of yeah, Zach's. Yeah, yeah, you were, you were fifth on the total. That pole. was one of Zach's big insults to me way back in the day when we were enemies. He goes, "You're always gonna be fifth in command." So you just now you know why I'm fifth in command. And, and, and in all honesty, I mean, in all fairness to Shiny, she was probably like third, maybe fourth, maybe third sometimes on that totem pole. So maybe I shorted her a couple spots. I don't mind always being fifth in command because the person who's first, second, third, and fourth, they don't even do anything. So fifth in command is a bigger position, in my opinion. I'm I'm bringing up the rear. <laughs> I'm that person. I'm the person at summer all camp right. who's walking in the back. <laughs> no, le- legit. Sometimes she she did run her uh, she did run her big alliance. I so run things. I run I'll things. I'll give it up after the fact, but you know, in the moment, I had to talk my shit. Um, yeah. But but listen, the fourth in command, regardless of whether or not she's she could be she could be Leroy's first and Leroy could be her first you know what I mean so if they splinter off into various alliances which at some point they have to do then they could you know pair off in that way but I don't think Leroy made like the worst move ever for himself do I think he should have do I want him to just stand up for himself and you know go with Josh and all of that obviously yeah but you know he does make a good point where it's like it's his choice to make I just I just see it as like there was no reason that you want to know what it is, is there was no reason to hide his vote from Josh and the way he did and blindside him at the proving ground. If he was just going to vote in Theo, because at the end of the day, it really didn't matter. Like Theo and Josh, you know, whoever you're sending in is most likely going to beat Idris. The fact that any of them thought any of them, yeah, could exactly. lose it, you know, like, I- I- Idris was, yeah. They, they, he was like sending this idea Danny, that Idris, he was like sending Danny Jameson into elimination. Josh could have beat Idris. Anybody could have beat Idris in that competition. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Anybody they, on yeah, anybody literally. on that cast could have beaten him. The idea that they thought oh, that yeah. either of them would have had a better shot at losing to Idris is just out of this world ridiculous. So that's I just don't think that it should have had to be this big thing. And by Leroy blindsiding Josh, it's just stupid. Stand by your decision and say, listen, I'm gonna vote. You know, I'm going to vote in Theo. I think it's the best move for my game, the numbers, whatever. And, you know, I just think it doesn't matter if it's Josh or Theo, at the, Josh or Theo. And speak to Josh instead of just doing some stupid shit like this. It wasn't a necessary blindside. Um, Joy says good night. Joy, thank you for coming in here and spending your boredom with us. I, I do want to shade you on the live and say that um, uh, the, the time that we did hang out in a big group of people together, I was playing NBA Jam um on an arcade cabinet one of my favorite games of all time and she she had no idea like what it was uh that that was pretty rough if if you don't know what nba jam is you got to educate yourself i don't know what it is oh god i don't really play games like that youngins 
Guys, Google, everybody knows NBA Jam. But anyways, so okay. here's my thing. When it comes to playing a strong game, even the smallest decisions, like that's what it starts from. You, Leroy plays the same way every time, and he loses the same way every time. And this is a classic example of, yeah, there's no way he could have really gone wrong here, but he also established himself in a larger group that he's on the bottom of. And he proved to me that he's not an impact player. And like I said, after what happened to Leroy on Vendetta's, I would have changed my fucking strategy up. How could you ever work with Kara again after she knifed you like that for but it's Kyle? Not really by who choice. she hate, who she despised by the time the next season rolled around. I just don't get it. I don't know. I think I need to see Leroy and how he's going to play out the rest of the season before I judge that too harshly because I just don't know if he's like 100% with Kara right now. I just don't think he thought it mattered. So why piss off his entire team if for him the vote was irrelevant, you know? Um, Greg right now, if you guys aren't reading his comments, it's hilarious. He's dropping down all the names of people he thinks could beat Idris. So he goes, Jasmine would beat Idris. Uh, Tyree would beat Idris, uh, which is facts and facts. Tyree and facts. definitely would have beaten Idris. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Ty- Tyree would have won that. Yeah. Props <laughs> to Tyree. He could have won that a limb. Uh, my boy Ace, Ace absolutely would have beaten Idris in that. Ace is like, he's like, a, if you follow Ace on Instagram, Ace for he's sure like a genius, like, Arca- uh, um, antique carpenter person and yeah yeah carpenter like like contractor he's yeah he does some wild shit so i know that he could have done that i know he could have assembled that puzzle he's always like tearing some house down and redoing it it's pretty cool to watch i like his videos yeah and yeah, he, he, he does some really cool restoration work okay so before we move on into the actual elimination josh does drop one line that was fantastic we have to discuss which was your bank account don't line up with mine and he says that to Polly, which was just whoo priceless because i don't know if you guys know but the josh truth? is a big josh Ooh. is a big entrepreneur and you know he does do you know he has a whole um uh e-commerce business that he runs and stuff and he sells a lot of products and things like that so he has a really successful business and that's a fact right there and that was just a great line i think tj was i don't know if this was editing but tj was laughing at that and hopefully it was actually at that joke because tj's smirk at that point was so funny Yes, Leslie's saying TJ laughed about that. So I hope editing just showed us TJ's actual reaction to that comment, because if that's exactly what TJ was (laughs) laughing at, then that was priceless. Uh, All right, so let's jump into the actual elimination. I'll give you guys the rundown. To begin, they start on opposite sides of this like drywall, this just giant piece of drywall that has an X uh, where they're supposed to go through. When TJ says go, they start on this pedestal and swing like Tarzan from this rope into the wall, trying to break it down to get through to be able to do a puzzle on the other side. And, you know, breaking through this wall seemed to be very difficult. It was multi-layered. There was a lot going on there. Um, It just broke through first. I don't know if this is indicative of much. I think because he's smaller his center mass is more in one location. So his like he can more efficiently use his weight to get through one spot of the wall and target it enough to be able to get through, whereas there's more distribution of Theo's weight. He's a little bit taller, so he just wasn't getting as much of a swing there. I also think the pedestal was a little too far forward. If it had been a few feet back where they got more of a swing, more of a running jump start to get more momentum built, they could have got through it faster. There wasn't enough momentum on the swing for them to slam through it in one go. I I think there was also strategy based on, on, on how they chose to attack because when Theo went through, he in one fell swoop, he busted like half of his body 
through the wall. That was such a cool visual. Whereas Idris only got you know his foot through. No, that was um, it. Was the other way around. No. Are you sure? Yeah, Theo. Theo's the one who went like all the way through, like a madman. No, I think Idris went all the way through like a madman. Fuck, my screen might have been frozen. Cause wasn't that the person who went first? Somebody correct us in this comment section. We'll find out. Yeah, we need to. We need to go back and check and, and check out. We got to check the tape on this one. I think it was Theo. Yeah. Oh, Idris only got his leg through. Oh. Yeah. Theo so like Theo busted went in through. first yes. then. Yeah. So Theo. Theo busted through. It, wait, but I'm we got so it confused. We got it okay, I need to rewatch this part then. So if that that happened, then yeah, Theo busted right through. That was a cool visual. That was Theo cool. was just attacking it. That was cool. I um, like that. Here's my take on this elimination. I fucking loved this elimination. It was I cool. thought it was great. I thought it was simple and it was physical and it took brains and I think they should bring it back. And um, clearly some of our ideas are pretty good on here because people have been listening to them. They so have. bring this elimination back and you can, you can do a different puzzle every time, you know, you can change, you can tweak that part of it. You can tweak what they have to do once they get through the wall. But honestly, when you think about it, that's, what's been missing. That's one of the things that's been missing from the challenge the last couple of seasons is that they haven't made any like new eliminations that people get into. Mm. They'll do like they'll bring you X battle and they'll bring you hall brawl and you look forward to that. But those were eliminations that were made popular a long time ago. You need eliminations underneath that, that you can bring back that people like. So Very you, you true. build up the amount of cool eliminations. So bring this one back. I like this one. Yeah, um, this one was cool. I don't know if I love it that much, but I do think the concept is cool. Slamming through something and then solving something on the other side. That sort of format. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, Theo killed it tonight. Theo was, uh, he's 1A and 1B with Jordan for MVP tonight. He was on it. Why does Jessica think you don't like Theo? Jessica is saying, Zach saying good things about Theo. I feel like we always say good things about Theo. I think we only ever say good things about Theo. I've said stuff. I've said stuff this season that 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 people say that Theo gets a, a good edit and he's more of a more of an asshole than than came across. Um, but that's but only you I relaying was, information. Was, yeah, yeah. I was also on here tonight saying that I kind of like Theo being more of an asshole because we saw that tonight and clearly that's like a more natural personality for him. So I'm in. Jessica, it'll be Christmas when Zach starts saying some nice things about Kara. That will be Christmas. That will be Christmas. Pour him and pass Ooh, over all man. in one trifecta. <laughs> Okay, that's, so that's a long ways away. So one thing I wanted to mention about this, uh, about this particular elimination was, did it not remind you of that puzzle? Okay, it wasn't similar at all, but hear me out on this: the puzzle that Sarah and um, Caitlin was it Sarah and Caitlin did against John A and Jasmine, where they had yeah to, on, on rivals. So that was yeah. more of they had more to solve in that puzzle because it was also strategy. But I do think the way that they set it up, it really reminded me of that puzzle. How you had to put them through the poles so and, you you had to get out of the one part and then get to the puzzle that the, too the yeah puzzle on rivals one yeah the puzzle on rivals one if, if memory serves me is the same puzzle that was on the uh the dirty or the invasion final where you have to take everything off one bar and move it to the next bar but more famously it was on the battle of the seasons the og battle of the seasons final and that was the puzzle that miz solved that ended up swinging the whole competition and allowed them to beat uh, road rules. Um, so that, oh, that, yeah. And that, that was the one style, that Jamie yeah. Chung won, right? Uh, was that the one? No, 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 no. That, that was Rivals 2 or, or, or no. Inferno 2. This was, this Inferno was Battle of the Seasons. So this was go, Miz and Coral, uh, Sean Duffy and Elka 
and Kelly and Danny from New Orleans. Um, and <laughs> Greg Rogals is already on top of, of it. He literally yes. wrote the exact same thing in the comments, uh, uh, presumably before you See, said he, it. Yeah, me, me and Greg know. We know. But yeah, so that <laughs> that puzzle, that style puzzle has had a... Um, that that's had roots on the show before, but you're what you're talking about though is that there were three bars and you had to find a way to fit them on each bar. My, so, yeah, so the, it, the in way, that way it was similar. Exactly, it was more just the pieces that were going on to the actual puzzle that the structure essentially of the build. But the fact that you mentioned also that they had to get out of the coffin thing and then also complete the puzzle that too is is kind of similar to to what happened yes. tonight. So, I, I definitely definitely yeah, agree with that. I, I like though. I'm more of a fan of jigsaw puzzles than I am of actually that's not true. I like all puzzles across the board, but I would be better at a jigsaw puzzle. So Theo's puzzle tonight would suit me a lot more because I like putting shapes together, like Tetris vibes. Um, And, you know, it's shocking how bad Idris did in this elimination. I mean, just horrendous. I, he seemed so frazzled and couldn't get his shit together and he couldn't figure out what, you know, where to put any pieces. And even when the entire team USA was instructing him on where to put the pieces, which pieces to get, he still couldn't figure it out. Josh looked like he was losing his mind. Um, yeah. Was it? It was, was it, a bad flop. It was, was it bad Josh flop. losing his mind, or was who was who was the one? Or yeah, was, I think it was. Yeah, just like Idris, the one back there. It was also Leroy. He was going crazy, and 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 Jordan. Like it was just nuts. Like they were all trying to help him, and he couldn't figure it out. It was great to watch the people who were, you know, they had Idris as as one of their numbers, so they were trying to like convince themselves that he could win, and it was great to see them slowly accept as he's he's making a fool out of himself to slowly accept the fact that he had zero chance and go from like convincing themselves that he could win to, to the fact that he was, he was uh, a, a sitting duck as they say. Mm. However, I also want to point out here the genuineness and the, the real, the true competitive nature of my man, Jordan, who by his account is not working with Paulie Cara at all. Doesn't want to do any decision that they want to do. And earlier, as we pointed out, he called out Paulie saying, is Josh wrong? Is Josh wrong for saying that you're the one calling mm. the shots on, on who you're sending in? But then during the competition, recognizing that Idris winning is better for their team as a whole. He's trying to help Idris during the competition, Mm -hmm. which shows you that this dude is walking right down the middle and doing what's logical. He's Mm. not doing what the numbers dictate. He's not being a sheep. He's doing what's logical for him to win. And that is the difference. That's the difference. I love that take right there. That is, I mean, that is spot on. Also the simple fact that Jordan was willing to nominate himself to go into the elimination to possibly turn coat. You see it's night and day. I mean, it's crazy when you compare it to how Kara and Pauly play the game. Jordan is just such a great competitor in all aspects. Are we saying he's the world's most perfect person? Absolutely not. But nope. when it comes to being a challenger, he is fan-fucking-tastic. He can yeah. focus on what needs to get done. He has the athleticism to match. And he also has, you know, the entertainment there. And he can he can stand up for himself verbally as well, which is an important part of this game. You have to be able to get vocal. And you have to be able to uh, speak up for the decisions you want made. And so, you know, Jordan is so well-rounded when it comes to this and when it comes to great gameplay. And we see it time and time again and i couldn't agree more with your 
uh, analysis of tonight, that's such a good thing to point out because so many people are so hypocritical. They're so quick to just switch sides based on what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And he really is, uh, you know, standing his ground in that he just wants to win this fucking game. So he's going to do what he needs to do to win the game. That's, that's his, that's his like end goal. And that's all he's going to work towards. Uh, and anything that benefits that is what he's going to do. And so that's, that's a big deal. A lot of people don't do that. That's if, if Kayla had like a little bit of that, she would be so much better in the challenge house. She needs that kind of attitude. She has to inject some of that attitude and then she could have so much more potential, uh, at possibly winning the game, you know, a bit more of that. And she would kill it actually. Pretty much from that point on is, is when, you know, so we get Theo's big moment here. He rocks Idris he, Theo is pretty much laughing at Idris the whole time. He's kind of like Theo's kind of dogging it just to just to rub it in a little more. He jumps on on his puzzle afterwards he jumps to celebrate. On. Like he knew it was in the bag the whole time. He had so much swag about him, which I appreciated. And at that point, that capped off Theo's case for MVP of the episode. And then Jordan starts taking over. So we we come out of the elimination and we head back to the house. And take us through the play-by-play here because this is this is just fucking. So yeah, so this was what was great, by the way, about the pacing of this episode is that we still had maybe 15, 20 minutes to spare on this episode when the elimination ended. So what we typically see the start of the next episode being the post-elimination aftermath that we always discuss the beginning actually was the end of this episode. And here is where we get to see some more of Turbo's temper. Um, so it starts off with Jordan versus Kara. And I mean, it was really more Jordan versus Polly, but obviously it became Jordan versus Kara very quickly. And, you know, they they start battling it out, arguing about just the stupidest things. And I mean, it, it just it got to the point where it was just so heated for no reason. And Jordan was talking about um, simple things like, you know, how Turbo was saying that he was dead in the container earlier, that he like couldn't do it anymore. And that, you know, if Turbo is gassing out in a challenge like that, that only took so and so minutes, then how can we rely on him for a final? And he was making valid points that way. Sure. Was he being a bit condescending in some some aspects? Yeah, but that's that's Jordan's nature. So if you're always yeah, going to take that personal, then you need to just not be around him because he's that type of person that's going and if you do you. take it personal, he's going to drive it in even more. He's going to exactly. tweak you even more. Exactly. I have a kindred spirit in that way. That is like my life motto. And my <laughs> my my thing with this is that people are allowed to be however they want to be. It is your responsibility, responsibility to be able to you know, decide, am I going to interact with this person or not? Are they somebody who is, you know, good for me? How can I behave around them? So I'm not going to have to have all these situations blow up. Like I don't want them to. And, you know, that's, that's Jordan. That's the kind of person that he is. And you have to play that And the same with Kara and stuff, you know? So for all these people, it really does apply. And I do think that they just get so angry at him for stuff that could be settled so easily. Cause if you sat down, for example, like in this moment, right? Jordan's being an asshole. He's saying you have to prove himself, da, da, da. He wasn't speaking like it wasn't falsities. What he was saying wasn't wrong in that when you're a team, you all have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself to each other. It's a collective whole. So in that concept, he wasn't wrong in saying that. And they just took it super personally. So then it became this whole big blow up of a fight. But Jordan's the type of person where if you're just like, okay, well, fuck you. And I'm not going to even do that because it doesn't matter to me. And I'm just going to walk away right now. Like he'd be like, all right, like, you know what I mean? Like, and like what else is going to go on? And they try and, and get him to change his mind on things instead of seeing it in his way and and then seeing where you guys differ in the perspective and being like, okay, you might think that I just disagree. And that's cool. Right. And that's how you, that's how you adult. 
there were some incredible exchanges here before the Jordan and Turbo stuff took over. There, there were some incredible exchanges here. Jordan throws a couple snipes at Kara and gets her tweaked because like nobody is more oh, like, these were in so their good. head. Oh, yeah, nobody is so more good. in their head about like their perception and their reputation. The Kara is. You guys, my dog so just Cara, came up. Oh. <laughs> If you guys are on Challenge fans as much as we are, then you'll know what I'm talking about when I say the fact that when Jordan tweaked Kara, her response, it was literally like reading verbatim, like the casual takes on Challenge fans of, of like what people use to defend Turbo and defend Kara. She was like reading off the laundry list of it. She goes, what more do I need to do, Jordan? I've won two seasons. I, how many more eliminations do I need to win? And then she drops the line that everybody says. She goes, Turbo won the hardest season of all. He won the hardest final of all time. And Jordan is just like, yeah, what What about it? I wasn't there. That He won it. I wasn't there. And that's why it wasn't the hardest final of all time. And you know why I say shit to you about this? Because it's this season and you're on my team and you're not getting it done. Yeah. And then she says something like, you know, we'll just stay out of each other's way. And Jordan drops the line of the episode. He goes... Oh. You, you can't get in my way because you'll be behind me. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. That oh line God. was priceless. Like, if I was a person and that burn was used on me, I would find it hilarious. I would just yeah, find you just that. Have to step, yeah, you have to step away. I mean, I would it. just be like, that is a genius line. I would applaud someone who could be able to diss me with that much swag and in like savviness and so fast not rehearsed. So sharp. he didn't write that he didn't go and write it down on his notepad like johnny does and like Wes does he just did it in the moment because he's a shit talker by nature it was oh so, I fucking loved it, it was sharp as it. fucked i loved i loved it so much as well um and you know this part i mean that's when you get the turning point though in the fight is when he says that line it seems to aggravate something within all of them and they all start going crazy and then you see ashley turn this fight that seemed to end in the room into something way bigger than it had to be. And Ashley went and goes to Turbo and says, they're talking about you over there. They're talking about you. Obviously knows exactly what few words to drop on Turbo. So that way he's about to go explode like a bomb on the other end of the, of the house. And so he runs over to where they are and starts, you know, interrogating everybody. And he's like on a war path trying to find out who's saying what and blah, blah, blah. And and, at, you know, they come into the room and the thing is, Jordan never lied about what he was saying. He literally re repeated word for word what he said about Turbo to his face. And Turbo just didn't really seem to understand what he was saying. And he got super, super worked up about it. And I think he got more worked up about it because the girls were worked up about it. So you had Kara and Ashley provoking the whole thing and making it so much worse around turbo that he wasn't able to process exactly what it was that Jordan was saying in a calm way. And he just got so heated and his temper was already so high and his patience with Jordan is already so low that this was the final, the final little fire, the final little spark that needed to set him off in this way. And he just ends up going crazy. And, and Jordan makes a good line. He goes, talking crap or did I talk facts? And the truth is, yeah. he was just talking facts. He wasn't... Fucking truth. He wasn't saying anything yeah. bad. He wasn't saying anything bad. It was just what Turbo said. He was relaying what Turbo said to him in the container. That's it. You know, that's not a big deal. But in the same token, in the way that I love Jordan and Tori so much, I don't hate Ashley for what she did. It gave us a great scene and, again, exposes Turbo's temper. And it's an important thing to talk about because somebody who's that temperamental, like, that's a big issue in life and on the show. You can't count on someone like that to not get physical with people. It seems like it's almost inevitable at this point. 
I already made my point in the er earlier in the show of, of what bothered me about this is the fact that you know Kara and Ashley tried to control the narrative in their confessionals afterwards and say, "Oh, Jordan, you're not so big and bad now." But I, uh, you know, I didn't see Jordan backing down. He told Turbo what he said, and Turbo is trying to take it to a completely different level. And really, it was it was Jordan and Tori who came off as like two rational people who you know they can talk shit, they can talk game. And they can also say things that are relevant and they can mm. do it in the moment against a bunch of people that um, don't know how to handle their shit and they get easily irritated and, and they were sensitive and they were getting angry because they didn't know how to handle someone, you know, being politely disrespectful to them. For sure. Really, Every the single person on the cast needs to read the list of books that uh, that Tori put out on sweetheart this week this weekend by the way everybody should actually go look at the list of books that she put out because the books are phenomenal and if they read some of those books then they would be stronger mentally to be able to handle the craziness that happens in the house but they all just get so easily worked up and you can see that tori and jordan are just leaps and bounds above them when it comes to handling themselves I, I, zach is a good example as well he doesn't really ever seem to get angry leroy is pretty good at that also um so they need to take some notes you know, it. I mean, it just gets crazy. Car versus Tori happens at one point as well. Uh, Tori starts screaming like, "What do you care about?" Because Car is Car is saying, "You know, I don't care about this anymore." She's like, "So what do you even care about?" And Car's response was, "Jordan being a dick." And it's like, "Why do you care about somebody being a dick? Why does it actually matter?" I've had people be mean to me. Like, it's genuinely not important what other people do to me because the happiness is internal. It has nothing to do with somebody else's words that are coming to me on the outside. Like, yeah, if it was being drilled into me every single day by my parents, that's a different story. But, but if somebody random who like, you're not even friends with, why do you care what they have to say? Like, what does it even fucking matter? I mean, Kara is just that person. Like we know she is the, the, the archetype person who everybody knows this person in their life who says, Oh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. But they so clearly yeah, care. And you care. can see it in their actions. You can see it in season 35. Kara is not on season 35 and she makes all these social media posts like, Oh, who are you going to blame now? Losers. I'm going to invest in, in my own life and just chill out. And she's literally putting up posts today, like doxing challenge mm. gossip sites. And like oh, yeah, all these people so say weird. all these bad things about me. Like, Dude, unplug. You said you're going to unplug. It's a day later and you're sitting here talking about about challenge gossip sites. It's it's crazy. You care. You yeah. obviously care. Like so a lot. own it. A lot. That's that's my suggestion to anyone own it. If people if if you're saying that you don't care and it's a front, that's going to bother me. If you're a sensitive person and you're like, "Yeah, I'm sensitive and these things bother me." Uh, I'll probably still be annoyed by it, but I'll at least have more respect for you about it. Mm. I, yeah, I hear that. Rebecca's making a good comment, which she says, I feel, I felt bad for turbo because his English just isn't great. And he plays off the energy rather than the words, which is very true. And that's why I think that the heat of the moment from Ashley and Carr was really what propelled the fight and propelled his anger. And he wasn't even able to talk to Jordan. Jordan's also not the type of person who's going to like sit there and and quietly explain all this stuff he's just like yeah that's what i said that's what i said so you know turbo seeing all of this it's definitely super intense for him but you gotta calm down like you have to calm down yep. there's plenty of people who come from honor culture like greg is saying right now who 
are not that heated, who recognize that honor culture isn't the greatest way to go. It's like you're raised in one type of society and you see that it's bad. You see that it's wrong. You see that you have to fix that in some areas. Like I'm raised in a Moroccan family. And according to everybody uh, of my ancestors, I should be in the kitchen and have like eight babies right now. That is not happening. Not now, not ever. Yeah. When my grandma tells me to get married, I'm like, listen, do you want kids first? Cause I can make that happen a lot faster. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, okay. Take your time. Take your time. But it's just, it's true. You know, we're all raised a certain way and we have to, we have to grow from that. So he has to grow from that as well it's not healthy um okay so then we got the aftermath of this which was a really nice scene i loved it and this was just all of the people talking around the pool so you have nani zach uh ct rogan was in the pool and nani you know blatantly asking like what is everyone's issue with jordan though and zach's just saying that he's a scapegoat and so and so you know ct has been doing a lot of shady things in the confessional room this season I don't know if he really thinks everything that he says in the confessionals. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he definitely doesn't express himself fully in person to the cast. And then you see him say other things in the confessionals. So I don't know. I don't know if production's like egging him on to say certain stuff or what exactly is going on there, but, um, or if they're editing out him actually saying the truth, you know, in person and then just putting in the confessionals. But, uh, his words were a little bit different in there. And Zach has one of the best lines of the night. So at this point, um before zach says this amazing line you have turbo who gets so worked up and he starts they start instigating the fight again because jordan and tori are sitting on the pool chairs and turbo's like in the pool and they just start going crazy turbo starts getting so mad and he gets this look in his eyes and zach goes there's a look in turbo's eyes that i've only ever seen on the discovery channel and i just loved that (laughs) line yep it was perfect i mean it was perfect perfect way to describe what was happening and then Jordan starts imitating Turbo's walk, which I think oh he knew. Oh, my God. I think at this point, Jordan saw that he could just get Turbo to do something physical and possibly get him kicked off. So he was like, why not yep. go with this? And Jordan's not stupid. He knows they're not all competing at the end. So he starts imitating his walk, presumably to get a reaction out of him, which it does. And then uh, you have maybe seven people holding Turbo back. How many people were holding? It was crazy. There was so yeah. many people holding him I, back. I blew a gasket at that point. When he started doing Turbo's walk, it, it's like the, the thing uh, about a good impression like a good impersonation of someone is that they have mannerisms that you see, but you don't always pick up on. And then someone does the impersonation and you see it and you immediately know what they're doing. It's, it just like sets off something in you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I never thought about the turbo walk. And then Jordan does it with this dopey look on his face. And Oh my God. You can't was... copy my walk. I mean, it was so funny. You motherfucker. Oh, you can't copy my walk. You motherfucker. <laughs> my walk. You motherfucker. Oh, it was high that comedy. That was just nuts. Uh, Irving wants to know if we can talk about Nani and Turbo's friendship. Was Nani genuinely concerned for Turbo or was she doing it only to try and get him on her side? I had people in my mentions on Twitter tonight. Nani seems very genuine. Nani seems like she is frustrated at the fact that one of her friends who is very susceptible to manipulation is being so successfully manipulated by a bunch of people in the house to better suit their game. It doesn't benefit turbo to be in a fight with jordan it has there's no benefit to turbo whatsoever and they're trying to cause this fight between them because nani knows that jordan isn't trying to be like nasty to turbo what he was saying wasn't trying to be nasty he's just concerned for his team and that he'll have someone who can't you know finish a final or, or do more than what was in the 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 giant crate um container yeah. competition nani's so- biggest um nani's biggest issue nani is a, a very genuine character on the show her biggest issue has always been the fact that she invests too much emotion into it. 
like she lets the stuff get to her too much. Like she puts herself out there pretty raw mm. and and she allows herself to just get like to let to get in over her head with with those emotions. That's always been her issue. And you can even see it here. Like like she, you know, she valued that friendship with Turbo so much and that and that that relationship that she was like really letting it get to her that that she felt like he's being manipulated by a larger group which he he is he was clearly manipulated by ashley in in what happened no that Um, was a pure manipulation she knew what yeah like she knew what he he would do and and how he would react just based on on the person that he is and his and his honor culture and nani's trying to to point that out to him but she's also getting emotional from it because like i said she's she's uh like a raw emotional person on the show she that's always been her downfall yeah, Nani was trying to show him that he's so pissed off at Jordan for dishonoring him, quote unquote, or disrespecting him, while he's literally doing the work for the people who are actually disrespecting him the most and manipulating yep. him the most. So she wants him to see that. It must be so frustrating for her not to get that across. There's an interesting discussion going on in the comment section right now uh, between Greg and Rebecca, and they're talking about Turbo's language barrier. So Greg is saying that he understands English perfectly fine and that you know he has a good grasp on the language, and Rebecca is saying that sarcasm and the jokes and those kind of things are going over his head and that might, might be difficult for him to understand. I, you know, just because somebody has a good grasp of English, you know, in theory, right, on paper, things like that, doesn't mean that when they're in a discussion like that, when there are so many people speaking English around you and so much noise going on that you're able to properly understand what's being said to you. Um, And again, yeah, I agree with Rebecca in the sense that Jordan's sarcasm is is very niche. I think some English speakers might not even, you know, I mean, car doesn't catch on. So, you know, yeah. English speakers might not catch on. So I do see how it would be tricky for turbo. Um, this happens a lot with like my mom, for example, her English is, she sounds like it's not great, but she actually has a really good grasp on English. But this, the, the opposite happens so often and that people have really bad sounding English, but they can actually read and understand it really well. But I don't think that's what's happening with turbo. I think his mind is clouded in those moments where he's so focused on the anger that he's just, kind of forgetting all that stuff and he's not really understanding what's going on um jordan is also seeing in turbo albeit with the the cultural differences he's seeing a version of himself from free agents and he said on his challenge mania interview that he you know he made the big mistake of his career on the show and he learned from it like he tried to punch up in weight he called somebody into an elimination Mm -hmm. and he lost and he got embarrassed and, you know, in, in his estimation, it's smarter to avoid eliminations because, you know, getting to the finals is what gets you paid. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing some of that in Turbo, some of himself, and he's preying on it. And, and he, he's, he's bringing those things out, that person who's ready to fight, that person who's ready to, like, throw themselves into elimination to prove themselves. Um, he's, he's trying to get Turbo to do that. Yeah. Uh, he, and, and the reason he's able to do it successfully is because he knows – a version of that person that used to be in himself that he grew from. I like that take. Um, all right, guys. So that pretty much wraps up the episode. Zach, do you have any more thoughts for everybody? Uh, I, guys, I, like I said, I think I'm, I'm wiped. This has been an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. There's been so much goodness that's happened. Like I, I've just been so hyped for like 24 hours at this point between this episode, between my queen coming back to the show. Um, I'm, I'm sick right now. I've been like breathing through my mouth this whole episode. It's been pretty unsavory. Um, uh, that's why you've been slow yeah. to take. 
us. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 been a it's been a marathon. I still need to read like the last ten pages of the Vevmo casting thread just to catch up. So um, I'm probably gonna th- oh there we go dog cameo. I'm probably gonna throw on this uh, amazing race episode of the girl who got casted that got eliminated. And uh, you know, I think this is a perfect note to send it out on. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another live recap episode at the Saniac Podcast. We want to end this off and let you guys know a little bit about Stitcher Premium. You can listen to some of your favorite shows ad-free with Stitcher Premium for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. That's fantastic. So if you even want to start off for a few months, it's not a bad price to get you going. Plus, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and so much more. You can go to stitcher.com premium to sign up today and use the promo code SANIAC, S-A-N-I-A-C, obviously, for one month free on your monthly plan. That's an entire month free of Stitcher Premium that you can get if you use our code SANIAC. So what's the harm in trying it out? Highly recommend it. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today.